This is the Third Act Podcast, shining a spotlight on individuals, charities, and small business owners suffering from illness, economic shutdown, or lack of support and funding. Meaningful conversations that generate compassion and financial support from listeners compelled to join us on this journey to improve the lives of others. I'm gonna dance with the stranger. I'm gonna enjoy your show. I'm gonna learn to forgive and really let it go. And most of all, I wanna shine a light on good and look to give back. And that's what I'll do with my third, third act. And now your host, Roger Steed. Welcome, everyone, to the Third Act Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure to share this podcast with two fantastic people. I introduced to the Third Act community in early October with a short book review and informative video from the Faith Communities Coalition. Justin and Alexis Black's story is really remarkable in many hard-to-imagine perspectives, but can be celebrated today for the journey they are embarking on now that I'm thrilled to share with you today. They are great examples and role models for teenagers and young adults trying to find their identity in toxic family relationships that illustrates the courage and self-belief necessary to work hard to learn and relearn and develop successful life skills to remake a better life. I'm excited to say live from Kalamazoo, Michigan, on a rainy day in Michigan, I'm sure it's the same in Kalamazoo. It is my honor to introduce Justin and Lexus to the Third Eye community this afternoon and allow them the chance to tell us what they're up to now and all the great endeavors they are pursuing. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast. So great to talk to you again. Hi, right, it's nice to talk to you and it's a pleasure to be able to speak to your audience. Yes, thank you for having me. First off, congratulations on the success of the book. You're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the book of Redefining Normal, How to Foster Kids Beat the Odds and Discovered Healing, Happiness, and Love. As I told you and expressed in my little book review, I was very impressed with the book and it caught my attention. In, in a short 48 hours, I went through it. And it was quite uh, impactful for me, and I know it will be for our audience. I know you have been busy promoting the book over the past year and have been busy talking to individuals and groups that you can help through your life lessons learned from your trials and tough situations you both endured during the early part of your lives. As a framework, and of course, this podcast is really about what you're doing today and going forward, but as a framework for our audience, could you please both give us a little bit of a description of your early life, what you experienced and the hardships you had to endure in my house, Justin, I always let my wife go first. So if you don't mind, Alexis, would you please share a little bit about your story and the journey early in your life, please? Yeah, absolutely. I guess more or less where we start. A lot of our conversations and things in the book is I entered foster care at 13 and that was after my biological mother passed away by suicide and I went and lived with my biological father who was physically, sexually, and emotionally abusive. I lived with him for about eight years and right after I was taken from his home, I went and lived with 
my aunt and uncle who was emotionally and mentally abusive as well. So I didn't really get a chance to heal from uh, previous trauma. And then cherry on top, I was in an abusive relationship. So it all, you know, came together. But I was kicked out of her home, my aunt and uncle's home, a junior in high school, and went and lived with my uh, foster parents who ended up being greatest parents of all times. They're my now adoptive parents. And leading up to going to college, you may know that less than 3% of false youth graduate from college, but I did go off to college, but then I transferred schools to be closer to my adoptive parents. And when I transferred schools, that's when I actually met Justin, who's now my husband. And Justin, I know you also had a tough upbringing. Can you share a little bit about your story, please? Yeah, of course. So for myself, entered the system at nine years old. I've Lived in Detroit pretty much my whole life and entered the system at nine years old for what I believe was a lot of my parents' mental and emotional health issues being passed down generationally. And there was my, a lot of drug abuse generationally on in my family and dealing with that. And growing up in circumstances that in situations where still poverty and a lot of things that families and children shouldn't have to live through and go through. But... I had to see a lot of times. Entering the system very young, temporarily lived with a few family members, moved with my oldest brother for two years, moved with my aunt for about four or five years, moved around a bit, getting kicked out, going home to home, and then moved into a group home uh, around the age of 16 or 17. And for the first time, I was able to see kind of mentors and, and Black men and women who look like me and were able to be successful and model that for me in their life and kind of just changed my life the way they spoke life into me, inspired me, and really helped me to get to where I am today. Can you both just give our audience a little bit of a flavor of your experiences through that system? But when I entered foster care, that's when I was taken into my aunt and uncle's home. And that placement was actually, they're called kinship placements where you're placed with family. And as I mentioned, it, it was uh, very emotionally and mentally abusive. And there was a lot of compound trauma. There was a lot of fear of, if my, am I going to be taken from this home? Where would I go next? There were a lot of threats by my aunt every time she was upset at me. If I would uh, be taken out of state or with another home that was far worse than hers. And so there was a lot of fear that kept me in that home. And I gave up on advocating for myself in a lot of ways to social workers as a way to get me out of the home because I was in a really good school. And they had a really nice home and, and neighborhood. So the social workers didn't really see the need to get me out of there. Right. Uh, my basic needs were met. So that was a lot of my experience in like technically when I was in care until I met my foster parents. And really, once I lived with them, I just received incredible, unconditional love and support and also was able to be introduced to my faith and, and grow that and what that looks like, what a healthy household, healthy marriage, healthy relationships, all of that. Look, once I met them, so my entire dynamic started to change once I moved into their home. Terrific. Yeah. I want to get into that in a second, but Justin, just briefly, could you just express your journey through the uh, foster care system, please? Yeah, of course. I think for a lot of youth, uh, similar to me, you go through this process of why weren't my parents there for me? Why aren't they there for me? And for me, I always had a relationship with my biological parents as well as my biological family, which a lot of times made things like 10 times harder because you know where they are, they're around, they're alive. Kind of 
makes you feel less wanted and less loved. And you go through that process. And even at a college level, parents taking their kids to to move in day and everything. And you only get that experience. So it's always a sense of emptiness that you go through. But I would say for me, it was a journey of trying to understand what was some of the core issues that my, my parents dealt with while at the same time not feeling home or feeling stable anywhere because constant threats throughout my life were being kicked out and the instability you know, from my aunt to other people that I live with. It's just that instability was a continuous factor during my time in foster care. And I got to a point where like most foster you become super independent, not want to rely on people. But as a young adult, I, I heard I was forced to understand that you need to rely on people. It's just certain people are more willing and more in a position to serve than the others and not willing to take advantage of you as much. So you understanding the people to seek out so you can rely on. And I think learning the hard way in foster care, being kicked out and having bad relationships with people, burning bridges, going through that process was a huge learning experience for me as a young adult now. I think both of your stories, as I expressed probably to you, and I think I did it when I did the book review, I was brought into it really in a real and authentic way because you were both very expressive and you didn't pull any punches. You told it like it was. And the, now the beautiful part of the story is that you're together, married, and you're embarking on this great stuff. Before we get to your new stuff, I think it's so important because you spent some time in the book describing this, the unlearning and relearning process that you had to go through. It wasn't easy, but can you comment a little bit about that, please? We, what we try to do today is try to teach people how to utilize some of those bad experiences and things that we've all gone through, whether you've been in the system or not, some of the trauma, some of the bad things, and express that in healthy ways, express that as an innovator and in creative ways. So what we've been able to do in our young adult years, being surrounded by maybe foster parents, mentors, and just an amazing community of people where we're able to express ourselves and create different things such as just being in college and other opportunities where we didn't have to feel bogged down by, oh, we can't afford certain things in, in college or we, we have to work extra hard with a job. You know, and like in college, we were able to find scholarships and support systems where they were able to allow us to just create and just work on ourselves and just have that opportunity. And that's something we want to encourage others in the system to do right now and support them in doing that and seeking out support systems and individuals, mentors, adults that will help them re rely less on themselves and be independent and be more interdependent so they can work on themselves mentally, emotionally. And that's what we were able to do. I think it's uh, really terrific. And I think Alexis, you gave the origin to me, or I heard a comment from you about the consistency that's so important within a, a family that adopts foster kids and uh, you experienced that you just expressed it with your ability to grow your faith and become close and feel unconditional love and i didn't realize how important consistency was until i moved in with him i was 17 at that time and by that time you already figure out what is your normal what ideas and 
values and other things that you have that you've, you've been instilled into you since you were a child. And when I moved into their home and I was given a home with consistency and that and that love and that respect and communication and understanding what a healthy relationship looks like, it completely changed my entire dynamic on how I saw myself as a daughter, a sister, a friend, a potential partner. All of those seeds were planted and I only lived with them for six months. Actually, I think it was less than that. <laughs> I feel like it was less than even six months, but just how long 17 years can start to fade away of how much trauma and other things I've endured to this new reality that I could have. Uh, and it did take a couple more years, as you read in the book, of me seeing myself in that reality because I went through so much of that un unworthiness. Am I, am I capable of this lifestyle? Am I worthy of this lifestyle? Asking my parents that and trying to figure out even in their own um, faith and the way that they love each other of what did you do to get this? And how do I get this? Because apparently you must have done something better than I did. But that bit of consistency that they provided me in those couple months and that unconditional love and how that just can be so transformative for young people or just people in general, we all need consistency in our lives. We need it in relationships. We need it in our in our careers and literally every area. We need consistency and how that can be so transformative. Absolutely, absolutely. Now let's get into sort of the uh, fun stuff. I first want to start, if you don't mind, I know it's maybe a little corny, but talk about how you guys got together at school and how that all came about. You describe in the book before our audience. Can you just give them a flavor of that, please? Yeah, of course. So it was 2016. Myself and Alexis were both CETA scholars at Western Michigan University. And CETA is a program for fostering to higher education at Western Michigan. So every year they hold a summer early transition week, which is called set week. In 2016, I met Alexis. She transferred to Western Michigan as a sophomore or junior, I believe, from Michigan Flint. University of Michigan Flint. And we met during the first week of the summer set week for the Cedar Scholars program. Started talking initially and just saw conversation. I think I was a young college student trying to flirt or do something stupid, but it, it really just, we just formed a good relationship and started to talk pretty much all summer by the time it really, we got into the semester, at least halfway through, we started to actually form a relationship and um, start to just do a bunch of amazing things together. I got a kick out of how you guys came together and a little bit of the side story, but I'll leave that for our uh, listeners to read the book and get the full flavor of that. But now I want everyone to know that you guys are married, happy, have a new house in Kalamazoo, and now you're embarking as full-time entrepreneurs. This is really what this podcast is all about, to talk about your current life and your future life. You have so much great stuff going on. Why don't you both share a little bit about your new businesses and your new endeavors that you guys are pursuing? I don't know how you want to split it up, but could you both comment on that, please? Yeah, absolutely. So we started uh, Redefining Normal from our book, Redefining Normal, How to Foster Kids, Beat the Odds, and Discovered Healing, Happiness, and Love. And so we, we wrote the book last year and published. We actually also got married and bought our first home last year, which is also crazy. Yeah. It all happened all happened so fast, but we decided that, you know, we needed to turn this book into a company so that we can continue the conversation on all the things that we talk about in the book, such as mental health, boundaries, healthy relationships, 
definitions of love, community, success, all these things that are that we talk about in the book. And so we need to figure out a way that we're going really just continue that and bring it to young people, to the foster care community, to anybody that's experienced trauma or serves those that's experienced trauma. So that's been our primary focus. We also do have a couple of other companies, but but Redefine Normal definitely is our primary. And we have an audiobook actually coming out next month for our one year anniversary. So we're super excited for that. It's both of our voice and it's going to be super, it's going to be super um, impactful, I think, just from listening to it. A bit biased, uh-huh. but we also have a workbook for youth that's generally between 16 and 24. So it's essentially encouraging youth to go through the same process that we went through of the unlearning and relearning and figuring out what was their normal and how do they want to redefine that in order to create a life that they want to see around them rather than just living out the status quo or generationally what has happened in their family. So those are our primary things that we have going on, but we are wanting to grow and expand our team. We're working through that right now. And we have several other audio or not audio, sorry, we have several other workbooks and other things in the works. We have graphic novel, children's books, all these things coming out is building out this whole redefining normal ecosystem that we uh, are still envisioning. It's being downloaded to us daily. It's an incredible blessing that we have this opportunity to do this. And I'm going to pass it to Justin to talk about his podcast. Please, please. Of course. So I also have a podcast called Rose from Concrete Podcast and Rose stands for Rising Over Societal Expectations. And basically we talk about a lot of the themes and subjects and topics from the book, self-care, self-love, uh, happiness, forming relationships, community and relationship building, as well as inviting other guests on to tell their story of rising over societal expectations in their personal life, in their career, in their business and organization, institution, wherever setting it may be, we invite guests on. But continuing this conversation of redefining normal on the podcast forum and rising over societal expectations as well, which you are able to find on all platforms also. No, I think your podcast is great. I listened to your interview or podcast with James Hill yesterday morning, and that was very enlightening from a lot of different perspectives. And I also listened to the one with Dr. Carlisle as well. So I know from the book and also probably just from, um, trying to get to know you a little bit through your writings and stuff that. You're a journalist at heart and uh, you have a lot of that in you. You can tell with your, I don't know, I call it your deep probing questions that get to the heart of really important matters that any sort of listener would want to know about with any of your guests. I applaud you for what you're doing. You do a great job and a lot of lessons I can learn from uh, your podcast. So uh, keep it going. Thank you. I appreciate that. Definitely. We always try to put something valuable out there for people to take in and, and implement in their life and just questions that they can sit on and think for themselves about. Absolutely. So I look forward to that. And for all these endeavors, I'll just, I'll make the point now, we will provide links or connections so our audience can check them out and connect if they want to and uh, be, become a part of that. Maybe Alexis, if you don't mind, could you talk just briefly about the scholarship expert endeavor you guys are doing as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I started the Scholarship Expert in 2016, and we've been able to help over a couple hundred students finding money for college and uh, just working with students. And so as par- as our primary focus right now is on redefining normal, we are uh, we are 
still offering our scholarship blueprint workbook and book. So we came out with a book and workbook for students to go through to figure out how to find and apply for scholarships and successfully move forward in their own scholarship journey. And these are the exact same steps that we work through to secure over $340,000 in scholarships and Justin graduated debt-free. And then we also have the Perfect College Student Planner. So I developed a planner from scratch and really just taken in all of the different success strategies that we've done. And it helped us study abroad 13 times combined. And all the great things that we were able to do in college, it was because we were super intentional with our time. So we put all of that and tips and everything into this planner called the Perfect College Student Planner. And so those are our primary focuses within within the scholarship, but it's all kind of full circle back to redefining normal as well. College kids or any kids that want to go to the next level of uh, education and uh, do a debt-free, that's what we all want. I applaud you for that effort too. You mentioned the audiobook. How would you describe what you're trying to produce? First and foremost, with the audiobook, it's our voice, which we put a lot of time and effort into, which we're extremely proud of. But also with the audience, a uh, similar audience to the readers for the Redefining Normal book. But for those who may be busy driving to work, don't really, not really big on picking up books, more bigger on audiobooks. Also for older youth, older teenage youth and young adults who maybe have a hard time reading. And, and going through those form of, of issues who are able to digest information from an audiobook better than actually reading. So making it in a form where it's everyone can get involved and listen and really trying to take people into the rooms. I think reading is one thing, but when we talk about it, it's like a conversation. We're, we're having a conversation with you about trauma that we've been through, the mistakes that we made and the process of overcoming. And once you're able to listen and join in on that conversation through through audio, because that's what we're huge on, just having audiences join the conversation. I think audiobook form will just allow you to actually do that, join in on the conversation and have an even better understanding and have it impact you even more of everything we've gone through, but even more of where we come from and and the impact that these words will have on your life and your journey moving forward. Terrific. I'm sure you've already had a flavor of this through your promotion of your book over the past year, but with this new audio series, you're going to get a lot of feedback from students and parents of students that want to help them. How are you going to organize your time basically to answer families in need or individuals, kids in need that uh, are looking to you for advice? Are you going to have any sort of special counseling or coaching endeavors from that perspective? Yeah, we're definitely going through the process of developing systems. For right now, people can always contact us and through email at info at redefiningnormal.com. And we also have workshops, presentations, and trainings where we walk students through these processes so they, have, they don't have to go through alone, which we highly encourage parents and institutions to get their young people and students involved with. And again, it's like the older teenagers, junior, senior, or young college students to get them involved with these processes so we can break down the information alongside them so they don't have to do this on their own. Join one of our workshops, attend one of our presentations, so better understand the information that we're talking about and they can understand how to even implement it even better into their lives. 
Yeah, that's not to say that we're limited to young people. We also have done a lot of trainings with foster adoptive kinship parents, judges, teachers, counselors, you name it, administrative individuals. And some of our biggest goals are to get our books into the social work curriculum and the foster parent trainings, and then also in the hands of foster youth themselves. Even though we focus primarily on the child welfare segment this year, we are definitely planning on branching out to really anyone that has experienced trauma or works with those who've experienced trauma and, and are trying to build out a coaching program right now, actually, that is focusing on that. Terrific, terrific. That's going to be so huge going forward. I know it's going to occupy a lot of your time and thought to uh, make sure it's done successfully and reaches the most people possible. I wish you all the luck with that. I guess from this standpoint of the community that I have of listeners and, and people in Metro Detroit, also around the country, Texas, Oklahoma, other parts of the country, what advice would you give parents, educators, foster care, mentors that want to help? children, just a couple of major points from both of you that uh, you think are quite important. They were important to you. And as you relearn sort of good habits, if you will, or relearning, if you will, what would you think would be the most important? I would say just to continue to daily speak words of encouragement and give them affirmations. Even if you don't always see it blossoming and coming to life immediately, those words and things that you're doing for them on a daily, maybe weekly basis will definitely create an impact even down the line, even out of there, outside of your care for maybe 20, 30 years down the line, you'll see it uh, blossom eventually and it'll come back and thank you. But continue to be selfless, continue to play your role as a puzzle piece in their life and not the superhero, but just contributing to their life with words of affirmation and everything that you can. And you'll see how it all folds out and comes around full circle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and then I would also say not everyone is meant to be, say, a parent or a foster parent. And so we encourage people to find other ways to support young people. And the best way, honestly, for every single person, no matter your age, no matter what you think you can offer, is through mentorship. And I can't even tell you how important mentorship has been in our lives. We 100% would not be business owners authors, speakers, any of the titles that we hold today without having mentors walk us through many of the steps and the systems and just take us along under their wing and guide us along. So mentorship is incredibly important. No matter where you are in life, you have something that you can teach and show somebody else and show a young person and those around you. So we 100% advocate for mentorship. That's beautiful. Uh, beautiful way to say it. And thank you very much for that. I think all of our listeners will, will take that in and respond to that. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a great thrill for me to have you discuss your new life. And that's the exciting part to me. You have so much new and thrilling things that you're starting and embarking on and already in the midst of that. It's uh, really a fun part to be a small part of your little community. Uh, what you're doing is terrific. Thank we you. We really appreciate we you. We appreciate all the love and support. So thank you again. And Giving a quick shout out to our uh, just other ways to contact us. Again, feel free to contact us on email at info at redefiningnormal.com. Our website is redefiningnormal.com and Facebook, Redefining Normal Movement. Instagram and TikTok is normal. So feel free to connect with us on all platforms. Reach out to us if you have any questions or concerns, if you'd like a book or would you like to book us, feel free to connect with us. And we just look forward to 
continue to help us serve any and all people out there. Thank you for listening to the Third Act Podcast. To find out more about who we are spotlighting, how to get involved, or find show notes on today's episode, go to wearethirdact.com. With my third